Welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries, the podcast where, shut up, we're just trying to get mom laid. (laughs) Book number 67, The Parent Plot. The battle is on. Oh, sometimes the subtitle is just so much better in stereo, and this is one of those times. Hi, everybody. It's me, Marissa Flaxbart, your host, uh, joined once again by Rebecca Russell and Summer Austin, because dun, da, 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 we are closing out the trilogy. Rebecca is tying a little bow in sort of mime style, mime something that we know yeah. Summer Summer's is very good at. or was oh. once very talented at. <laughs> it's so we were both picturing it in our mind's eyes, and you were amazing. Oh, you were you. incredible. You can't nice. care that much about something and not be at least okay at it. That's my theory. I agree. Mm, I like that. But yeah, we're we're tying a bow on the Wakefield separation saga. Also, the Ned Wakefield runs for mayor saga. Yes. It's I guess the first real like multi-story arc where every book is devoted to the arc that we've encountered thus far Mm. in all 67 books of the series. Uh, Lots of things carry over from one book to the next, but this is the first time that we've, if I haven't already belabored this point in the past several episodes, (laughs) the first time that we really have, like, remember, remember back, Rebecca, to our first reading of book 65, and we were so annoyed. Uh Peter Santelli, like, nothing happened. Nothing happened. But I knew, remember I said, it's like, it makes me feel like there's something that's going to come up in the next couple of books that brings him back, because it's so odd that they would have this big, giant thing and then just drop it. So, so I, I let's remind it. the gladiators about yeah. who Peter Santelli is, and because this was not a big part of book sixty-six. No, it was no. not. Sorry, Summer. No. <laughs> Sixty-five. Uh, Maria Santelli, she's a cheerleader. Her dad was running for mayor. His campaign was going great. Ned was advising him and then was his lawyer, even though that was outside of his comfort zone. But say why he needed a lawyer in the first place. Because um, there was this weird scandal where all of a sudden there was like $10,000 in his bank account and it was like misappropriated funds, but he didn't know where it I came thought from. thought he was being bribed. Yeah. He was adamant he wasn't being bribed. And, mm-hmm. and the, the case was thrown out for lack of evidence but it was too late. His name was tarnished. And he had to drop out of the race. Yeah. Then some fellas show up uh, at Ned Wakefield's door and they say, hey, Ned, I think you should run for mayor. And Ned's like having a midlife crisis. So he uh, <laughs> agrees that he should run He's for mayor. That his wife is doing better than him mm. in life. Yeah. <laughs> well, then now here we are at book 67 and Alice's mall project is basically finished. And it's... If only he'd waited a book and a half. <laughs> I know. He wouldn't have to worry anymore. It seems like only like the time span of a few months. I was going to ask how much time we think has passed. It does seem very Enough short. Amount of mayoral campaign. Yeah, how long does a mayoral campaign take to? I don't know. Well, Maybe this was kind of. It was kind of already in progress, right? Like yeah. Ned steps in and kind of takes over. Peter Santelli's campaign. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's maybe like a few weeks, but it can't be any less than like a month. And the whole thing mm-hmm. of the three books seems like it must be several months. Well, because Ned has an apartment, which you don't really get for just a month. 
right? right. You wouldn't go out and get an apartment for a month. Well, minimum, right? Yeah. You can't get an apartment for less than a month, really. I mean, I would say at least a good four to six months has probably passed mm-hmm. in, the, in the time of these three books. It's just always kind of interesting to think about because it's one thing when you have one of these Sweet Valley books and it's like a day or two has passed and mm-hmm. then you add it all up. And, it, you know, you get kind of a long year. But every once in a while you get one or two where it's like, boy, the events of this book really took a long time. This has to be less than a year. And I'll tell you why. Oh, we sure. hear no word of summer vacation for the girls. They're still going to school every day. Well, yeah, but so, that's yeah. like a perpetual Sweet Valley High thing. <laughs> I'm actually talking big picture. Like, here, this is book Wait, 67 of their senior year. You mean I they mean, never go on summer vacation? That's a Sweet Valley High thing? Those are separate books. That's its own separate series of books. So every, <laughs> I said senior year, but I meant junior year. Every book in the series, it's all their junior year. I mean, like, I should be over it by now, but part of this podcast is that I'm talking with different people about it, so I'm not you want totally us to shock over us. it. You want to shock us each time. It's just, you know, <laughs> maybe get a new perspective. Maybe if I ask enough people, we'll crack this baby Wait, wide open. Did you say that every book in the series is their junior year? Yes. Every Sweet Valley High book is only junior year of high school. Yes, that's what I'm saying. How many Sweet Valley High books what? are there altogether? Like 150. Wow. Well, Wait, I, that yeah. could be a school year. Sure, it That's could a be, very, very but not if year. not if every book is like a week or several months, as we're talking about here. <laughs> that's very true. Oh, that's so weird. Why did they just make the girls always juniors? Uh, because if they're seniors, you know they've got to leave, and if they're sophomores, they have no power at school. Well, also the publishing <laughs> of the sense. book. I think that might be right. Yeah. It's like because you know what, when you're a senior, you're always thinking about what's next, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like. Your head is kind of in college already. Yeah, I think junior year is sort of like a sweet spot and of high school, especially if you're don't popular. Get, don't get the same level of respect, and we can't really get excited about Jessica if she's a freshman and she's in love with the senior. Like, yes, that's all tawdry sure. and everything, but it's less right, right. Well, right. I, and if one of them tries to date a sophomore, then it's like, ooh, scandal. She wouldn't right. have any power, you know. Right, if she, no it, power. They, and she as the a cheerleader, way, yeah. as a, and all the stuff. Yeah, it yeah. really takes until you're a junior to sort of get the kind of social clout that both Jessica and Elizabeth yeah. have in the series. Mm-hmm. So, right, I think editor of the school paper, right? Memorable and year. Head cheerleader, head, head cheerleader. cheerleader. Yeah. We don't hear that much about seniors in this book. the The juniors seem like very interested in other juniors. I'm sorry, this whole series, not just this book. Yeah. This book, we don't hear anything about. We don't hear that much about high school, period. A lot of it takes place in Ned's office. But anyway, I wanted to get your thoughts on that, but we can talk about the book now if you want. Sure. Sure. Yes. Um, So one of the first little passages that I marked in this book, I feel like really kind of encapsulates what part of the experience of reading this book was, which was like a list of names and like how people are related that's like trying to kind of explain to you the intricacies of like a political scheme which is not exactly typical sweet valley but it is uh, but also it catches you up i'm assuming you're looking at the passage i'm thinking as well but it like catches you up for what's happened in the last at least a little bit bit? here this is on page 10 terry knapp's uncle was one of ned wakefield's top political advisors he had been helping out on mr santelli's campaign When Peter Santelli dropped out of the race, James Knapp and Henry Patman had convinced Mr. Wakefield to run in his place. Knapp had a lot of influential friends, and his advice on political matters was indispensable. 
Elizabeth knew her father relied heavily on him, but the fact was Mr. Knapp was not exactly a likable man. His nephew Terry wasn't the only one who avoided him. Elizabeth thought he was pushy and overbearing. So Terry Knapp mm-hmm. is also a character that we've just been introduced to like five seconds earlier. He's like a boy. Who I mean, we works have, on the campaign. We, yeah, and we had oh, only okay. met his uncle briefly when Ned was being asked to run. It was more Bruce Patman pushing that than or Bruce than, Patman's dad. Or, oh, sorry, Bruce, you're right. Henry Patman. Henry Patman. Yeah, pushing that more than Mr. Knapp was at the time. Yeah, which Henry Patman gets off scot free. He in, really does. He hasn't talked about it all in this book. I do want to yeah, point out, I'm sure you guys did the same thing. The second that paragraph came out, I went, oh, he's the one that set up Mr. Santinelli. <laughs> like, right, right. Literally the second yeah, that happened. Like, oh, I was like, okay. oh, since we're getting more and more about him yeah, and so, he was on the Santinelli campaign. Yeah, So great. let's spend 13 chapters finding out how yeah. he did it. But this book has a few other <laughs> tricks up its yes, sleeve. It's it not it all does. about the Wakefield campaign. It's true. But there is something very like John Grisham, like yes. meat and potatoes. I think that's why I like it. Yeah. <laughs> About about that whole particular It made you line. a promise in that paragraph, and then it delivered <laughs> at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about where Alice is at when the book begins. Okay. Do you guys remember? She's swimming, right? She's... <laughs> Isn't that where she is in the beginning? She's just her hot body that her daughter's checking out and deciding whether or not she should wear a bikini. Because remember in the last book, she Elizabeth was checking out dad. Now this time Jessica's checking out mom. Yeah, we were talking about team dad and team mom, and I think we were saying Jessica was team dad, but on this book she's team mom in a matter of speaking. I guess she's she's working on both of them, but. She um, is. Yeah, she does have a compliment for her mom's physique. She suggests mom should wear a bikini. Mom uh, demurs. <laughs> I guess Why you could would she say, say she's? Too- I guess that during that time, women of a certain age were not allowed societally to wear bikinis. But like nowadays, that would be odd for a woman to be like, "Oh no, I'm too old to wear a bikini now." I don't know. I can imagine it, but it's not something I feel like an author would put in a book in a mom's <laughs> voice. You know? No. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. But yeah, she's swimming when we first meet her. Yeah. In this book. And I mean, Jessica's not like eyeing up her mom in a lustful way. No, 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 a, no. It's more of a she but she's sizing her up. She's thinking about how, you know, mom needs to get out there and play the field. That's like right. she could I really point out, in the beginning yeah. of this book, Jessica, you said it's we assume it's only been let's assume 4 months, right? So even 4 and months I in. I think that is so like that is like generous, maximum. right? That's maximum yeah. 4 months. But let's say it's been 4 months. Jessica's already decided her parents are split, divorced, nothing to do about it. Right. What? Right. And and I mean to Summer's point in the uh, in our last book, realistic, you know, reading the reading the statistics, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're going to separate, usually it doesn't end up with people getting back together. Right. Except in the movies and storytelling. Sure. It, doesn't it usually take kids, I mean, teenagers, kids, whatever, a, at least a year or two before they decide it's all over for their parents? Like, even after the parents actually get divorced, they're still like, oh, mom and dad will get together, back together someday. Well, and also, it's not yeah. really based on how her parents are interacting. No, but Jessica's not. already jumped to, like... When she so this is some this is something a lot of this book is about Elizabeth and Jessica being at odds in terms of their strategies and ideas about mm-hmm. about how they're like what their parents need now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like Jessica's decided they're split. It's done. Let's move them on with their lives. They're both young, gorgeous people. I want to set them up. She loves a good setup. 
So I want to set them up with other people. And Elizabeth's like, what the heck are you doing, Jess? Our parents are not setting, separated long enough, and they need to try to get back together. Let's put get them, set them up with each other. Right. And especially, I mean, in the last book, Ned was really kind of assuring them that it was all just, that it was temporary. all temporary. Yeah. Um, and Also, where the F is Steven? Like, I know they say he's spending more time at school, but, like, even at his father's own possible campaign thing, like, the big campaign talk, he's not even at that? Yeah, I thought about that at the end of the book. Like, huh, Stephen's conspicuously missing. Yeah. At least once in this book, Jessica characterizes her mother's situation as, like, she'll think about how unhappy she was in her old life and she'll be really excited to move on like why would they ever get back together when she whenever she remembers how terrible her life was with that it must be like a coping mechanism for jessica it's like it's gotta be i'm sure that's how she gets over things where she like remembers the worst about the past and she goes great i'm gonna move forward everything's gonna be great mm-hmm. right it's gotta be right yeah and so she's looking every which way at, and it's not just for mom right it's not just for Dad Alice too. Yeah. yeah and she tells Elizabeth that she's so dumb like why tell you know what Elizabeth is gonna say but <laughs> she thinks I think they both want to like rope each other in initially in each for other's scheming. scheming yeah which is what you think is this book is gonna be about right oh the twins are gonna cook up a scheme to get the parents together. Like a certain movie that sounds really close to the parent, the parent plot. plot. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe they thought that was too it's obvious. <laughs> so instead they're both on their own coming up with their own schemes and those schemes yeah. sort of like intertwine in kind of hilarious ways. Yeah. And and like essentially fail, spoiler alert, except the end result comes to pass, but not not because of them. Because of them really. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Uh, but for Ned, Jessica has her eyes on some random woman that like works in the campaign, the campaign office. Which, can I say at first, I was surprised that Jessica was trying to set people up. Because when she was talking about how cool this lady was, I was like, what is Jessica trying to get out of this? Does she want like an internship? Does she want to be like this woman? Mm-hmm. What? And then when she said she's trying to set her dad up, I was like, huh? Okay. It was odd. It yeah. felt odd to me. Yeah, here, like we can we can read a little bit of it. Here's something that she says. This woman's name is Amanda Mason. Uh, Jessica is saying things to Elizabeth about Amanda Mason, like she's really nice. Amanda was telling me all about how she went to law school in Washington D.C. She says she wants to run for Congress someday, or maybe even governor or something. And then Elizabeth's not really paying attention, and Jessica pushes it like Amanda Mason. She's so interesting and smart and pretty too, don't you think? <laughs> Um, And eventually she goes on to say, I just said, I think dad likes Amanda. That's all. She's just his type. Just his type, Elizabeth echoed, horrified. Jessica, don't tell me you're trying to fix dad up with Amanda Mason, are you? What's wrong with her? Jessica asked indignantly. Not only is she smart and pretty, but Elizabeth groaned. There's nothing wrong with her, but dad still happens to be married to mom in case you forgot. They'll get back together. You'll see. I mean, that was, like, the juxt of the, of the whole rest of the book, of, like, them both being like, okay, I won't try, yeah. but yeah. I'm going to try secretly. Yeah. <laughs> well, turns out Amanda Mason is engaged, so that's mm-hmm. off. But it's really, like, anybody that Jessica lays her eyes on that's approximately the right age. And, and uh, sufficiently attractive. Apparently that's oh, yeah. a thing. Obviously for Jessica that's a thing. Sufficiently attractive. Yeah, I guess uh, she forgot what she learned about Charlie in the last book. There's oh, nothing. there's nothing about Charlie. There's nothing Charlie about Charlie. Oh, that's... That was a that was a cliffhanger. He's been put they to did rest. not deliver. On. Yeah, and nothing about the teen line 
What if what if do in a future book? A I bet in a future book there's gonna be Amy and Charlie. I bet there's you a future so? book. Yeah. Maybe. Mm. Maybe they just thought there wasn't room, what with the whole espionage plot line of this book. <laughs> I will say though that Jessica's plot to try to hook mom up, it results in one of the the best forms of comic relief towards the end of the book. Oh, okay. Well, hold that thought, because okay. we definitely we definitely want to get to that. Um, I thought that maybe you were going to lead us right into Collins oh. Watch 2022. Oh. Collins Watch. Because, oh my gosh, Collins Roger Watch. Collins, Mr. the Collins. English teacher. Oh, right, of we, course. We, we're How watching out for him. Yeah. Is all. That's all. We're just keeping an eye on Mr. Collins. <laughs> And uh, they're reading Madame Bovary in the English <laughs> class. Did you guys read that? In- no, I don't no. think I've ever read it. I think I read that in high school. Uh, no. no, but here's what we and like. First of all, you know, anytime Mr. Collins shows up, you know, I get my eagle eyes out. You know, how? What are we saying? You know, do the gladiators want to hear about? about this sexualization of Mr. Collins. And so it starts out... Being hot for teacher, right? Yeah. um, It starts out... uh, From time to time, she looked up to watch the handsome teacher. Some of her friends thought he looked like a younger version of Robert Redford, and Jessica had to agree. It was such a shame he was too old for her. So, okay, all right. It is a shame. she realizes that he's too old for her, but she's still checking him out. This is a new thought, actually, to come across Jessica's mind that he is too old for her. But, of course, just moments later, Jessica opened her eyes wide. The answer to her dilemma was standing right in front of her. She could... Wait, I'm sorry. Her dilemma? Her dilemma. Not her parents' dilemma. Not her family's dilemma. Her dilemma. All right. So that in mind, <laughs> she could fix up her mother with Mr. Collins. He wasn't that much younger. A perfect match, Jessica decided jubilantly. Her mother had always said how much she liked him, and Mr. Collins always seemed very happy to see Mrs. Wakefield whenever she came to school. Maybe there had always been a certain attraction there, Jessica speculated. They might hit it off instantly, and it probably wouldn't hurt her English grade either. <laughs> Literally just... My head just hit the table. <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> well, she has this whole thought process after she's gotten a D on her English paper and with a note, like, see me after class. So she's like, that's where, I, the, that's where the hot for teacher came she, from. Yeah. She's see like, I will. Class. I will see you after class. But <laughs> to talk about how I need to, you, to hook you up with my mom. So she, you want to tell the gladiators about, how, about her scheme? Well, I want to point out, first of all, as soon as she had this scheme, you know my feelings on Mr. Collins, that when Elizabeth graduates from college, she's going to come back and they're going to fall in love, right? That's my feelings on Mr. Collins. That's very, like, Bridgerton. It's very Bridgerton, but that's my feelings. It's okay. So when she had this setup idea, Jessica, had this, I was like, no, it's for your sister. What are you doing? <laughs> Go on, though. That's true, because if she mar- <laughs> if if mom marries Mr. Collins as her second husband... Elizabeth will then, never get a chance. No, well, or if she does, it's going to be a real family love triangle. <laughs> it would be so weird. It's a very different movie. book. Yeah. Oh, if suddenly Mr. Collins is their oh, stepdad, that would be goodness. interesting. Yeah. Are there shippers for Sweet Valley Guy? I feel like there has to be a shipping story like that. 
Oh, there must be. And right. he went through a divorce, Mr. Collins. Yes, which yeah. which is very interesting, and that yeah. bring, is brought to bear on the storyline because Jessica's scheme is that oh, right. Sorry. when <laughs> she talks to Mr. Collins about her paper, she really presses hard that what she needs is for him to call her mom in for a parent-teacher conference so they can all discuss together what to do about Jessica's you know, bad yeah. work ethic. Yeah. And Mr. Collins is like, Okay. Like, I don't think this warrants that, but if that's what you sure. feel like you need, okay. Yeah. Like, why? Like, because at first it's like she thinks that maybe she can just have the conversation between the two of them. And he's like, no, this is about you. Yeah. Like, we're not going to have a side conversation about, like, what does your mom have to do with any of this? And sure enough, like, once the once her mom comes in... Well, the reason why she says her mom has in is that the reason she's doing such a poor job and can't concentrate is because how lonely her mom is mm. and how much she's ready to move on mm-hmm. since Mr. Wakefield's gone. Yeah, and even then, Mr. Collins is like, that doesn't seem totally right. Yeah, like, I've <laughs> he's seen smart parent- enough to know, yeah. like, there's something off here, but he's like, fine, whatever. I'll go with this. And like I've seen your parents together and they seem like they had a really healthy good relationship. So I feel like it's un- it's surprising to me that they're suddenly like that's how it is. Yeah. You know, that she like is so ready to move on right away. But even when like mom comes in to talk to Mr. Collins, Jessica keeps on like trying to steer the conversation to like what the two of them have in common. It's true. She's like, here's too. what my mom does. Isn't she impressive? Yeah. Isn't he so understanding, mom? Like it's just back and forth. This yeah. like, but much to her delight. Mr. Collins actually does ask Alice to go out to dinner with him. It's interesting. And this is very interesting to me for several reasons. One, as a person who's been a teacher, it's not appropriate for you to ask out your (laughs) students' parents Uh at all. It's not appropriate. I know teachers that have done it. They've had a great time. Some of them ended in really bad situations. Some of them ended in great friendships in the future because they were all just there for a good time. You know, whatever it is, fine. But it's not really considered something that's appropriate mm-hmm. to ask, whether it's as a friend or not. It's just odd to ask mm-hmm. out the teachers or the uh, parents of your teacher or your student. Sorry. I think so. So that's that's not. I mean, some are you, you're a teacher yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, like, this is like odd. the 80s or whatever, I guess, or the 90s, right? I don't know. Still, I don't think that would have been particularly. Yeah. That might have been not frowned upon, I was I saying. It was probably so, yeah. frowned upon. But they made, they stressed how it was not a romantic yeah. thing. So that's not the that second that thing. Would be any, not that that would make it any better. I don't that's think. the second but thing. If it's not a romantic thing, why are they going to dinner at a restaurant called Shea Sam's restaurant? And then yeah. they go on a, they go to a movie after and a that. movie. Yeah, why do dinner in a movie if it's not romantic? Well, it's weird. So yeah, it, it is like it's very weird. It the so it's a device to get the next scene happening. Yeah, but it is it's interesting that even as it's happening, Jessica is like, "Oh, this is what I wanted to have happen, but it seems pretty clear that there's no romantic undertone." But, you know, they'll get together and maybe then, you know, they'll have the time together and and the spark will will come. But yeah, I mean, as soon as he suggests what Mr. Collins is suggesting is that, you know, he could be somebody for her to talk to because he's been through a divorce before and maybe she needs that. Mm-hmm. But the very first thing that 
Alice must be the only person divorced in Sweden. <laughs> the very first thing that Alice says to him in response is, "Are you asking me for a date, Roger?" You know, and he says, "Well, I wouldn't put it in those terms. Just two people going out to dinner and sharing some friendly conversation." Yeah, like Sounds Alice like and Mr. Date. Collins. Like, <laughs> yeah, it would have been cute. It would have been cute. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> sure. I wonder. I don't think we know how old any of these adults are. Right, we, don't. we don't. Well, Jessica was saying he's younger than Mrs. Wakefield. Yeah, yes. but like, what does that uh, mean? That, younger. It said it wasn't that much younger. Yeah. I mean, he has young. a son who I think is like oh, he is four or six or something. Yeah, I know. Mm. The son doesn't get mentioned in this, but um, so he could Probably be spending like time with mom. That's why he yeah. could be like <laughs> ten to twelve years younger than Alice. He could be. Um, sure. She could be like forty, early forties. Which kind of almost makes it better. Like How old are these if girls? he's thirty. Well, she has an eighteen year old son too, remember. So they were probably in their, in their early twenties when they had they're probably yeah. like twenty, twenty one when they had Steven. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like probably in their forties now. 40s, yeah. yeah. They would definitely be in their forties, yeah. Sure. But I think I want to say like forty, forty one at this point. I don't think she'd be much older than that. Like you if she had Steven when she was twenty and he's eighteen, then she'd be You don't think she finished college? I think she, oh, I think they probably got married before college. No, you think they got married outside of college. They both seem like they, hmm. Hmm. He would have to go to law school, too. Maybe it was a thing where they got married. What I think is Mm -hmm. that the three of us right now have already put more time and effort into thinking about this (laughs) than the creators. Than Francine Pascal ever did. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So So that's probably why they never, they don't dwell on it. But yes, he does ask her to go to Shea Sam and go to a movie afterwards and... That feels like a date, but the book, as you're saying, Rebecca, doubles down on this idea that it's not romantic. But immediately afterwards, the summer is set up. They, well, they Dad wants to take restaurant. the twins to Shea Sam as a special treat, right? Yep. Same night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Jessica, like, can't... It's this whole, like, comedy of errors thing. Like, Elizabeth yeah, comes home. Totally. It's a huge coincidence, also. Yes. Like, there's no other... We've never even heard of this place. We're barely heard of this place before. It's a before. comedy of errors with zero comedy. It really doesn't pay off very well. <laughs> right. It's like... Jessica's... There's no romance. It's... But, but Jessica can't explain to Elizabeth why she's... Like trying to insist they go any other place because it would mean like revealing that she like all the stuff that she did to try to get Mr. Collins and and Alice to go on this date together. Right. Like so she can't. If she could just explain herself, then Elizabeth would be like, "Oh my god, like we can't have this happen." That's the thing. Okay, so she comes home and she says, "Dad's taking us out to Shea Sam tonight. Get ready. Get pretty. Let's go do this." And why can't Jessica just say? Oh, Elizabeth, we can't. Mom's going on a date tonight at Shay Sam. Like, just say that. Just say those words. And she, then Elizabeth, of course, will get mad and go, how do you know that? Well, because I helped set it up. Okay, great. Let's go somewhere else so it doesn't hurt Dad and Mom. Yeah. I Easy. Think, fix. I think done. Jessica thinks she can fix it in the car ride on the way over. <laughs> and she tries. Yeah. But this is a perfect example of how, like, the twin scheme and the book is like... Pa. <laughs> uh, pa all to your schemes. schemes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> because Ned and Elizabeth and Jessica show up to the restaurant. Immediately, Ned lays eyes on Alice and yep. Roger. And they like wave to each other. And Ned is like, ha ha. And then 
invites Alice and Roger over to eat with them, and they all eat together, and it's like a great time. Yeah. And, and Elizabeth is more sure than ever. Because Alice and Ed are laughing, and everything yeah. seems funny and great, and... Yeah. But no, absolutely sure no discussion that, that mom was on a date with the high school English teacher. No, guess. who apparently... that would be... If I was Ned... Well, he is obviously just a really nice guy. Because I would be like furious. I would be too. I'd be like, you're I'd be dating so fur- our daughter's I'd English be, teacher. Yeah, I'd be Maybe. like, we're leaving and going to another restaurant. Right? Maybe Some not only that, have there left. would then be a very serious discussion <laughs> with Alice later. Like, do you understand yes. how wrong what you're doing? So is? <laughs> wrong. Like, how dare and like, how did this even happen? And clearly, the twins were involved somehow. I think it's possible that he's just like so cocky and confident that it doesn't even occur to him that Roger Collins is like a threat to him or that Alice could be on a date. Yeah, or but, maybe he's just got his head in the mayoral campaign. That's, that's true. At any rate, I, this reminded me um, that we didn't talk about Elizabeth's little stupid scheme. Like, her first <laughs> yeah. idea of how she was going to try to get her dad and mom back together. They just need to She's, open the line I of conversation. I want to point out, Elizabeth is not really a schemer. So all of her schemes are not really schemes, but they make her feel awful and, like, she's being schemy. And it's she so thinks, funny. like, what would Jessica do? Yeah. But uh, the thing is, she forgets is that Jessica's schemes always fall apart, too. Yeah. Right. So she Except c- for the one that got her and Todd back together. That one was good. Where she dressed up like her, yeah, like her barely. sister and pretended to be Elizabeth. <laughs> barely. They work out when like the plot needs them to. But <laughs> what I'm talking about is the time that Elizabeth um, calls her dad and tells her dad that she has something important that she needs to talk about with him. And then... And she fakes a bad connection. Yeah, She's which is... Like, <laughs> I really need to help. She like taps the phone a couple of times. Yeah. Which is funny to think about with, like, a landline on both sides. Right. Yeah. But um, then she's, like, she hangs up and she gets, she knows that her dad will call right back. And then she calls it to her mom that she can't answer the phone because she's nails. painting she her nails. Her nails. Mm-hmm. And, but then what she overhears sounds like a bit of an argument between yeah. her mom and dad on the phone, although it's very brief. And she's, like, darn it. Damn. This, mm-hmm. this didn't work out at all. So that's kind of, yeah, that's like the level of Elizabeth's schemes here. But she felt so guilty about it, too. She was like... Didn't oh she God, have another one so inviting guilty. him to the, her to the mall? Oh, inviting mom to the mall at the end of Ned's speech. Oh, well, let's talk about that. So yeah. getting on to Ned's campaign, right. um, he's got a big speech coming up at the old Sweet Valley Mall. The same <laughs> mall that mom's apparently doing a whole new wing for. Right. right? Yeah, they didn't do as they much. talk about that at all. Uh, yeah, that was dumb. That was a missed opportunity. <laughs> she did it say it was pretty much done, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, but they could have discussed, like... Which is why she could go swimming at the beginning. Yes. Giving herself a vacation. Yeah. Yes. But they didn't talk about it at all. No, they didn't. You're right. Uh, but at the... Um, basically, Elizabeth is trying to time out um, so that she knows that her father will be at the mall. She asked her mom to come shopping with her, and she's trying to time it out so that they'll get there when the speech is over, and they'll probably run into Dad just kind of, like, milling around, like, greeting people. But instead... Mm-hmm. Right, they get there instead of at the end of Dad's speech, Dad saying, um, thank you for staying around for te- all of our technical difficulties. Now here's my speech. <laughs> right. And it doesn't really make much sense because if, regardless of when Mom arrived... She would have been upset. Yeah. If that was her <laughs> reaction. It doesn't make, it doesn't matter that it was like, that the tech, I'm like, why do we have the thing yeah. about the technical difficulties? That doesn't it matter. <laughs> this, so what Alice's reaction is to his speech, I'm going to read, I'm going to read it. Uh-huh. Um, 
really tickled me and I was not expecting it. The book doesn't really do anything with the sentiment, but it really, it felt very like real and I loved it. So here's what Ned is saying. I want a sweet valley with a strong economy, he was saying. I want a sweet valley that knows how to do business. I want a sweet valley that can take care of itself, that attracts business and industry, not just from California, but from all over the world. I want a sweet valley that will prosper into the 21st century. Okay, Oh, fine. that's why they did it like that. Elizabeth, so she could hear well, I'm not yeah. done, you guys. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Elizabeth glanced at her mother to see how this was going over. Mrs. Wakefield had a very skeptical expression on her face. I want, I want, I want, Alice repeated. Mm-hmm. She arched her eyebrows. I guess I've heard enough. Let's go, Liz. <laughs> Dang! Dang Alice right. just dropped that mic. She Literally, sure did. Only the man's ex-wife has yeah. this reaction <laughs> to a political speech. Because up until that point, I was like, yeah, okay, this sounds like a political speech. That's the kind yeah. of thing people yeah. say. And it's just like... All about all what you heard was, yeah. <laughs> all about me, me, me. Mm-hmm. That's I, funny. Yeah. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. Um, but like, nothing really comes out of it other than Elizabeth being like, shit, I screwed this up again, you know? Right. She's not a schemer. Yeah. But knowing about the, the plot about the campaign, now it makes sense that she had to hear a little bit of the speech. Yeah. And yeah. let's get into it because, yeah. I mean... You might not. The readers needed to hear the speech. Yeah, yeah. and it might not stand out, but you'll know that all those points were kind of about like economic Mm -hmm. growth and bringing in business. And he's at the mall. That makes sense. Later on, he's going to give a speech at Seca Lake, and he has a different. He's trying to like revise the speech so that it's more about clean air and clean water, other things that he cares about that are Mm -hmm. important to people who might come to Seca Lake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but but. Elizabeth, Mr. Knapp. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Elizabeth is like doing some work and she's surrounded by like boxes. So Mr. <laughs> Knapp comes in and he can't see her and they uh, don't say anything about the fact that like he assumes that 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 uh, Ned's alone. Yep. Yep. There's a lot of eavesdropping happening in this mm-hmm, book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of complicit. He allows the eavesdropping to happen. Mm-hmm. But, because he knows Elizabeth's there. Yeah. But what does James, Jim Knapp say? Jim Knapp, yeah. Mm. He tries to convince Ned to focus his speech at Seca Lake again about industrialism and mm-hmm. making the growth of Sweet the Valley, economy, the economy, mm-hmm. and less about the environment, which Ned cares more about. And he's really like, and you know, so Ned is countering with his reasons, and Jim's like, well, you know, I'm the person that has the experience. Like, I'm the, I know what voters care about. And if you want to win this, like if you once you win the election, you can do whatever policies you want, but you can only enact the policies you care about if you win. And this is what and Ned keeps on being like, really, though, like people who come to Seca Lake are probably like the environment. They don't want to hear a speech again about economic development. But Knapp does not drop it. He just like keeps Mm -hmm. on going back until he's basically Get, like we're agreed on this, right? It's understood, right? But even like, he almost is—he almost gets threatening. Where he's like, "If you really want the investors that you say you want to be able to help you win, you will talk about this." Yeah, it's kind of mm-hmm. like he got threatening. Yeah, yeah. And so Elizabeth is troubled by overhearing this—not <laughs> by her father's behavior, but just like, "Geez, this guy." Mm-hmm. A little bit by her dad's behavior, though. Wasn't she like? 
can't believe dad's letting him push him over like this. Yeah, there was a little but not that, that wasn't yeah, upsetting. Sure, yeah, sure. That that aspect of it, like, come on, dad, like stand up for what you believe in. Yeah. But but not like dad was complicit or anything. Right. Just like it it's it, it hurts to hear your father being bossed around and by bullied a, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but so okay, so how do we get to the Maria Santelli part? Um where she over here? Oh, because she, okay, so oh, she's yeah. helping out at the office. This is something that like Winston is Maria Santelli's boyfriend, which is so cute. Let's let's talk he's more a about sweet that. Sweet little geeky nerd boy. But he kind of confesses to Elizabeth that Maria's been really down in the dump since her dad uh, was involved in all the scandal. Elizabeth invites Maria to help out at the campaign, thinking that maybe. Like, maybe it'll be triggering for you, but if not, it might be the opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's basically the... Right. It's an odd... It was an yeah. odd thing to ask Very someone odd. who just went through such a traumatic yeah. thing. And she even has that thought process. Like, this is either going to be okay or terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a yes or a hard no. I think part of it is that she knows that, like, her friend really does like to work on campaigns. Like, yeah. that's, she's politically that's minded. That's the idea. Mm-hmm. So I mean... I hope that's... It's really difficult to coming from. dismiss the just like the book needed Maria Santelli to be involved in it this. Did. Yeah. So that she could leave her history book at the campaign office mm-hmm. so that she could go back to the campaign office after hours, but the door's unlocked. Mm-hmm. And happen to pick up a phone call just right when it rings and it's already been answered so she's able to eavesdrop a lot of coincidences mm-hmm. powering this story, but hey. <laughs> so, right place, right time, baby. Anybody want to summarize approximately what Maria hears? You want to do it? Pretty no. dry. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> Mr. Santinelli was framed, but we already knew that. And it was Mr. Knapp who did it. Yes! <laughs> Shocking. He's yeah. a bad guy. Yeah. It's basically, let me see. If another, I... Isn't there another guy involved, too? Ro- Robertson? Right. Somebody. Right. It starts with an R. Let me go ahead and read what she overhears, because I think it will it just set everything a little bit straight. You know, straight from the horse's mouth. Just as she picked up her book, the telephone beside her rang. Without thinking, she picked up the receiver. But before she could answer, another voice said, Yeah? Knapp, is that you? Asked a man on the other end of the line. Maria froze. Mr. Knapp was there too. He had to be in Mr. Wakefield's office. But why? And what was he doing there in the dark? It seemed very odd. Instinctively, she kept silent. Yes, Knapp said. It's Robertson. Are you alone? Wakefield is out with his kids, Knapp replied in a smug voice. And then he's working at home on his next speech. He's as happy as a clam. Robertson laughed, and for some reason the sound gave Maria the shivers. She realized it was Cy Robertson, a man who had helped out on her father's campaign. He was a local real estate dealer, but that was all Maria knew about him. So, how's it going? Robertson asked. You're not going to blow it again, are you? Knapp snorted. Come on, give me a little credit. I've got Wakefield where we want him. Believe me, he doesn't have the slightest idea what's going on. And when this election is over and he's in office, he'll realize it's time to start returning a few favors. And he'll be perfectly happy to do it, too. He'll think it's an honorable thing to do to repay a loyal supporter. He might even think our plans are for the good of Sweet Valley. <laughs> Some brilliant dialogue right there. <laughs> it was so hard not to go like full, full whatever <laughs> New York gangster on the script yeah. accent. But um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, and he goes on to even explain exactly how how he um 
like he was the one that put the money in the bank account like how yeah. you know and we'll he's not to do that again yeah, exactly yeah. all that stuff and so now Maria's like oh shit I know this is bad but like I have no proof what am I gonna do well her first inkling is I gotta tell everybody and then Winston's like wait whoa 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 they're gonna think you're a crazy kid of this guy who got mm-hmm. defrauded and like yeah. They're not going to believe you. You need proof, right? So Winston. smart. Luckily, smart very smart. Yeah. Luckily, Terry Knapp, the nephew of Jim Knapp, who does not like his uncle and oh. always leaves the room when his uncle is present, is like he and Elizabeth, but not Jessica, hear about what Maria overheard and they come up with a, a scheme. This is the espionage element. This is a real yes. scheme, though. This is for legit is, a, squ- a scheme. Yeah. yeah. And everything you've been saying about Elizabeth being bad at schemes really is brought to bear. She's like, guys, we, I don't think we can do this, guys. This is not a good idea, guys. Like, it's a crime. It which is she's, a crime. She's it not is. wrong. No. But, but she's like the lookout. So they cook up this whole scheme. They're going to, like, yep. uh, Terry and Maria and Winston, too? No. no they they, don't want they tell be, poor Winston. He shouldn't be involved. <laughs> okay. Don't let him get in trouble. I really did read this on Fast Man. Okay. <laughs> um, and took no notes. Only only dog-eared the pages. That was all I did <laughs> for this one. So uh, I knew I had you guys with me, so it would be fine. You got your back. <laughs> so Terry and Maria, like, sneak in the back of this office building while Elizabeth Waits. I had such a clear image of this. Distraction. Yeah. yeah, it's raining. They sneak outside. into the front because there is no back. There is no back. She has to. Dis- she has to distract the security guard at the front. It's very, very tricky what they're doing. I was it's really picturing it differently. But I had a, I had such a clear picture. Oh, I want to hear. I want to hear. Let me hear. I had your such picture, a clear Marissa. picture. Well, let me see if I can paint it. It's like there's an office building. It's nighttime. It's raining outside. Elizabeth is wearing a trench coat and she's uh, looking very sort of like sullen and she's pretending to be worried that her mother's not there to pick her up. But really, she's worried about the crime that is happening. And she's talking to the guy he's sitting at one of those tables up front and like behind him, Maria and Terry are like sneak, 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 sneaking in, sneaking up the stairs. But I guess that's not what's happening. There's some kind of front entrance. But in my mind, it was like Elizabeth is having to keep the security's guards eyes like trained on her in front yes. so he doesn't notice what's happening to the side to the side it's happening to the side of him yeah, uh, yeah. okay so okay. you're not wrong that no. all sounds mm-hmm. exactly like what it, i saw too exactly. very film noir <laughs> yes, yes. I, lo- I love the rain i love London. it when it rains and i love how the dress. security guard didn't didn't notice a bunch of sopping wet kids <laughs> yeah somehow getting across a very large lobby to a staircase yeah so they go upstairs, and it's a good thing that Elizabeth is looking out, pretending to look for her mom, because who does she see but Mr. Knapp shows <gasps> oh, up? Oh, no! And then she gets upstairs, but not in time to get them to leave, so they all have to hide. They hide in, in the a closet, closet. Yeah. and they can't get the door closed. Just like a series of, of like, every piece of this is explained. Like, I'm why can't they shut the door? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um... Elizabeth, though, because the door is open a little bit, Elizabeth can see that Mr. Knapp goes to a particular place in the back of the cabinet, filing cabinet. And the reason that it was taking them so long to to come back down was that they couldn't find anything. It was well, hidden. Sure hidden enough. Behind the cabinet. In a fat mm-hmm. folder bum, bum, right in the bum. middle. So they make photocopies. They, they, as soon as, as they, they leave, as soon as Knapp leaves, 
Um, and I think they overhear another phone call, right? They do. One side of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as soon as Nap leaves, they like open the folder and they find um, plans for a big development on the beach. And oh, now no, they're beautiful, pristine beach. And now this is, cl- I know this is 1990 now, but now this is classic 1980s evil real estate development plot line. Right? It right. is. <laughs> so that's what we have. We have an evil real estate developer. They also found a copy of the check or the yes. account uh, Talk about a smoking gun. It's a deposit slip. For $10,000, the exact amount that was supposedly bribing yeah. Mr. Santinelli. So they mm-hmm. make phone, they make photocopies, <laughs> and uh, they're like, "Well, this isn't. There's nothing criminal about the plans, but at least it will prove that what we're saying is and true." Maybe about maybe if we find a lawyer, they can tell us what could possibly be done with this. Mm-hmm. Who do they know that's a lawyer? Ned. <laughs> So they decide to bring Ned in on the scheme. Yeah, which they did need to do, because yeah, it's like he's did. about to get in huge fucking trouble. Yeah, if he, need if to he, tell uh, him. Yeah, but <laughs> these talk, dad's, you know, dad's gonna dad. Like, he's like, Elizabeth, do you realize what you've done? <laughs> like, you've like you've broken the law. But And now these are all inadmissible as evidence. So I really, when when he said that, I was like... I don't think that's how that law works um, because I feel like that's true of police searches without a warrant. This is what I, this is my thought process was like, well, it wasn't like cops broke in without a warrant and, and searched for it. I feel like that's like a criminal thing to sort of protect you from, you know, unlawful search and seizure by sure. police. Mm-hmm. So I looked it up. Turns out. That that whole thing that gets used in TV and movies all the time about evidence being inadmissible if it was obtained illegally is not even real. No, like in certain circumstances, if the circumstances allow, like maybe the judge will be like, "I want the jury to to take this less seriously because of how it was," or maybe he'll decide decide that it's inadmissible. A judge can't. That they'll they'll say like they'll allow the the jury to look at it, but they'll say we can't admit it into the evidence. Thing they'll say, yeah. okay, you have to strike, huh. strike what you've seen from the or record. like give hmm. it less weight or something. But they yeah. can also just allow it yeah. anyway. So that was it, it. Didn't it also didn't matter because it was almost like the book felt like it had to cover its own ass, but that wasn't even a real problem. Yeah. Well, then they got you know ended up getting a search. Yeah, for, I don't, I don't really understand, understand how that happened. How it all shook out. Um, yeah. The, okay, I'll I'll explain it. Oh, since good. I'm, I've been watching the rookies. So I'm real up on, on oh, police stuff right now. Oh, good. Um, which the rookies a really good show, uh, Gladiators, <laughs> and I recommend it because Nathan Fillion, my beautiful boyfriend, isn't it? He's not really my boyfriend. I wish he were. <laughs> Nathan, if you're if you're listening, Nathan, call me. Um. Anyway, my point. Um. God, I got so distracted by thinking of him. What happened in this book? Uh, right, the book. The book we're talking about, not the rookie. Um, so, okay, so we, uh, basically they took what Maria had overheard, which to me seems schemy and illegal, but apparently it's okay, that she could overhear a message on the phone, it strike her as something odd, so she could contact police and say, there's something odd, I think, going on. Can you look into it? So if there's, um, what is it called? Police call it something really specific. Hmm. Um, uh, not a disturbance. It's like a, 
it's something that as a, as a citizen, you can say, I saw something or I heard something. I feel like the police should know about it. And then they can take it from there. If you see oh. something, say something. If you see something, well, I will say, say that. hear something, say something. The police in Sweet Valley are very responsive. They are extraordinarily <laughs> responsive. Uh, that's true. That's they must that's, have that's too much do, to is, do. Is, I is don't think citizen, they do. If a citizen sees or hears something that seems <laughs> off and they contact the police, the police have the right to say, oh, that's probably nothing. Toodles. Or they can say, okay, we'll look into it for you. And then they can look into it from there. And then they can get a warrant okay. to search the office and do all the things. Well, apparently they did that because <laughs> not long after this, like the next page practically, Ned is at a big debate. It's the first debate of the mayoral campaign. Mm-hmm. And they have the outgoing mayor like introducing the debate. And the book describes him as somebody that everybody likes. And he's retiring to go manage an orange grove. An orange grove. <laughs> So I've always cute. wanted to be an orange farmer. <laughs> so um, Ned gives this beautiful speech, and Alice is there, and she's so... Oh, oh! I for, we forgot that Ned needed to talk about what to do. Who do I, who do I talk to about this? And oh, he yeah. goes home and talks it through with Alice, who's like, Ned, you'll figure a way out of this one. You really care about this town, and you believe in the right things, and you stood by Peter Santelli, and this is going to be fine. You is can it do it. Or Santelli? Do I keep saying it wrong? Yes. Okay. It's Santelli. <laughs> Great. Good to know. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. But yes, yes, the point is... Yes, he goes. He goes to to Alice. <laughs> you mommy, yeah. I can tell you. He no, I just Alice like I like so... the cadence of yes, yes. The point is yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to Alice, and and they he's she's there for him in this emergency where he doesn't really know what he should do, and he can talk it out with her because that's what good partners do for each other. They're the sounding board for yeah. each other, and it was a lovely, obvious way for them to come back together before <laughs> the book wrapped up. Jessica, it's not like Jessica wants her parents to not be together. She's just, like, resigned to that as an inevitability. And what she wants is for her parents to, like, be able to move on and be happy. Um, And she thinks that they need another, a new partner for that to happen, Um, which is its own problem. But, okay. But Elizabeth knew. Elizabeth did know, but we can. Uh, the gladiators will now have seen how what we've been saying all along is borne out. Nothing that the twins schemed about <laughs> is what brought Ned and Alice back no. together. I mean, you could say that Elizabeth's uh, Elizabeth took part in a scheme that inadvertently brought, brought them, them together, together. Yeah. but. The only reason that happened is because of the crimes that were being perpetrated against her father. Yeah. So, and, and she thank, wasn't the one to find out about that either. Right. You know thank that. goodness, though, she brought it to him before he makes this big speech. Yeah. And she didn't even want to go she sneak didn't tell him. evidence. Yeah. And she didn't want to tell him either. Uh, so dumb. But before he goes in this debate, like, thinking, I'm doing what's right. Yeah. Yeah. So he gives this whole beautiful speech about how much he cares about Sweet Valley and about how some people would really do things that were not in Sweet Valley's best interest. And not everybody cares as much about the integrity of our beautiful town. And And he pushed back. mm -hmm. And because of it, he got put in the dirt because he was willing to stand up to do what's right. I love that he took this time, this speech, Mm -hmm. this debate to be like, y'all, I'm out but here's Santinelli! And he also says that he was basically in the pocket of this guy unknowingly. He admits that in front of everybody and and pulls out of the race. He pulls out of the race because he's like, you can't trust me. I know know that you can trust me, but to show that you can trust me, I'm pulling out of the race. Mm -hmm. And Nat, in a classic dumb criminal remove move, 
just like runs. He starts to <laughs> run away, and the Elizabeth runs after him. But him. yeah, the cops are waiting, and he gets arrested right away. So yeah, case sweet closed. Cops are the best cops. Yeah. They yeah. really are. Like I said, super responsive. Super responsive. <laughs> and Nap's plan. I mean, this will matter to the listeners. His plan was to build some sort of a complex on the beach sweet valley's beautiful coastline can you imagine okay we need to talk for just a second about how ridiculous nap's plan was and how when he was talking to robertson he's like oh i got ned in my pocket he truly believed that once ned got into office he was then going to stop believing all of the things he was believing about making the the city an amazing city and and making sure that the coastline was beautiful and the environment was beautiful and would be willing to destroy those things in order to pay back a loyal It seemed to me like the what he was insinuating was that it was sort of like mob tactics. Like, we, like, the people who paid the money to get you into office are going to want their favors returned. Kind of like it would have actually been, like, broken legs or whatever if he hadn't gone along with it. That's what... um, like your pretty daughter's face isn't gonna be so pretty anymore. That's that's what I was getting fr- from <laughs> okay. from it. Um, okay. But I, I don't know how much Serious of that was me stuff. reading between I the lines. I did not get that. I got him saying things like, "He'll be only too glad." Well, and so, Lord knows, I got it. I got I got that. Lord there knows the twelve year olds reading this book probably didn't. No, for sure they didn't. Um, well, I mean, that about brings us to the end of the book. Was there any, any other, No, there was one that, that comic relief that has to be talked about, (laughs) has to be read. Oh, about Ramon. (laughs) Ramon, please (laughs) read it. I have it right here if you'd like to read it. Oh, sure. Would you like to play the role of Ramon? We've got to find out what page is on with the Kindle. Do we know what um, chapter? It's right before the end of chapter nine. So, sorry. Yes. It's the end of chapter nine. The end of chapter nine or the end of chapter eight? The end of chapter nine. Sorry, I realized I phrased that really strangely. Mm -hmm. Um, So the character in question we haven't mentioned yet, his name is Ramon Valdez. Um, And this is his scene. He is referenced (laughs) earlier in the book, but we don't know anything about him. But this is his scene, okay? Um, She couldn't say for sure, but Jessica guessed he was about her mother's age. He had held several appointed offices in city government. His job on the campaign was to act as liaison to the Hispanic community in Sweet Valley. But more importantly, he was attractive and single. Jessica watched him for a few minutes and then made up her mind. He and Mrs. Wakefield would probably hit it off right away. The only reason she hadn't considered him before was because she had such high hopes for Mr. Collins. But now that potential romance was ancient history and it was time to try again. Hi, Ramon. What are you working on? He looked up as she sat down. Hi. I'm going over a list of concerns submitted by the Northside Neighborhood Association. It's real politics. What they want, what they'll do for the campaign to get it, that sort of stuff. It sounds really fascinating. That's the sort of thing my mother would be really interested in hearing about. Oh, really? I thought she wasn't interested in politics. Jessica made a face. That's what everyone thinks, but I'm telling you, she loves it. The only reason she isn't involved in this campaign is, well, you know. I know. I'm sorry about your parents. Oh, don't be. They're both so happy with the decision, I can tell you. Mom just loves being single again. She looked at him earnestly. You know, that's very interesting. I really like being single, too. I can do what I want, go where I want. I know it sounds selfish, but... 
I like not having to check in with anyone about what I'm doing. It's just me and my cats. Jessica kept a cheerful expression on her face, but inside she was frowning. This wasn't going particularly well. She decided to try a new tack. You have cats? My mother loves cats. Ramon's eyes lit up. I can't imagine being without mine. They're Siamese. Very finicky, of course, but I like that. They're very dignified, very opinionated. Estrella. <laughs> That's the female. She has such a personality. She has to have everything just the way she likes it, or she gives me the cold shoulder. And Maximilian, he thinks he's the boss at home, let me tell you. Oh, really? Yes! There was this one time when Estrella decided the only place she wanted to sleep was on my pillow, but... Um, excuse me, I have to get back to work. Jessica cut in quickly, pretending to notice the time. She hurried back to the telephone table. What a bore. <laughs> <laughs> That was the one paragraph, uh, the paragraph about being single and being with your cats, was the one paragraph of this book that while reading it, I did take a picture of the book and post, <laughs> post that paragraph to my story on, uh, on Sweet Valley oh Diaries oh on God. Instagram. I really related to Ramon. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody told me what to do. Nobody told me what to do. And then my Let cats. Let me talk about my cats. Who are They're a-holes so and I love, love it. Them. They are so funny. I could go on and on. She's <laughs> finicky, but I like that. Their personalities oh are so distinctive. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. Oh, it's good stuff. And that's it for Ramon. That's his big, <laughs> that's scene. His big scene. He makes a meal out of it. We appreciate it. And we didn't even get to find out about what happened with the pillow. That's okay. <laughs> I want to know. Jessica was not interested in cats, apparently. <laughs> oh, so I know. She's more of a dog bore. person or whatever. Oh. Well, now that we have reached the end of our time <laughs> together for this episode, we should probably tell the gladiators about the cover of this oh, book. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk mm. about that. Um, it's got an angry-looking twin and a very cute, happy-looking twin uh, on the cover. And, and we know which is which, right? We know which is which. Elizabeth is on the left, Jessica on the right, mm -hmm. I would say. Jessica is the one who looks like she's really excited to be scheming. And uh, she's wearing a turquoise sort of silk shell kind of deal. And Elizabeth is the one who shutting has Shutting it down. <laughs> Look at her face. She's like, oh, no, you don't. They have. She looks different on the cover of this book than she's ever looked <laughs> on the cover of any book. She's never looked so angry. Oh, and scowly and like, interesting. how dare you? Like but, she's give, That's evil eye. She's given evil eye. But also, I'm going to go ahead and guess that the model for this uh, series got a haircut. Because <laughs> her hair <laughs> is, so, is so much shorter than it's been on the previous covers. Mm -hmm. I mean, not so much, but only, only an aficionado would notice. Right. <laughs> Real ones know yes. what I'm talking about. That... Yeah, her hair her hair is looking awfully short. Yep, agreed. Uh, yeah, they, and you can also be the reader of the month in this book too. It says. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the there's no story at the back, so um, uh, the theory that it's all just an elaborate scheme is borne out so far. <laughs> but I have at the back of my paper. You guys have the Kindle versions, but at the back of my paper copy of this book, I just have several blank pages Ooh, where the reader of the month story would us. be. <laughs> we'll see we what happens. We have been lied to. <laughs> 
Do we read the end thing? Yeah, I think okay. that's the last bit of business that we have. Um, you know, sometimes in these books, the story for next time is sort of threaded throughout the story of the book. Um, this is not, not here. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's all just in the very last moments. All that's happening is a lunchtime conversation. They're finally at school for once in their lives. And... Uh, they're just talking about how the Wakefield parents got back together and, you know, is love alive once again? Is love real? Uh, so at the end of the book, Dana Larson of she's the Droids. She's a rocker chick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rocker chick. Uh, she's got a cool band name. She's Yeah, she's like the lead of the Droids. Sweet Valley High's own rock band. And uh, she, like plops down and is like, love sucks, you know? Yeah. Uh, in her Joan Jet kind she of way. She says, mm-hmm. cynically, she says, I don't believe in romance. And everybody's like, oh, come on, Dana, come on, you, don't say that, don't say that. <laughs> Summer loving her had me a blast. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's you, like what I saw in my head yeah, when I right? saw this. Yeah, it's like you can hear the don't. Don't you believe in love? Elizabeth asks Dana. Dana took a long drink of soda before answering. No, I don't, she declared with finality. Elizabeth was surprised. She wondered if there was a way to convince Dana that she was wrong. Can Elizabeth change Dana's mind about love? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 68, The Love Bet. So, moving on from the Wakefields after an extended period of time hanging with the Wakefield clan. What a chapter in their lives. I'm so glad that you two were here to spend it with me. Thank you. It was Oh my delightful. god, Marissa, thank you for having us. <laughs> I love any excuse to hang out with the two of you, but this was really, this was super fun. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad. I had so much fun. Well, we're not totally done yet. We will be back. <laughs> next week mm-hmm. with just a little more bullshit about something or other. Mm-hmm. Um, until then, Gladiators, thank you for listening. Remember that you can uh, follow me on Instagram at Sweet Valley Diaries or on Twitter at Sweet Valley. Uh, someday I'll make another TikTok. That's just Flax Barth. That's my name. I've been I've been really meaning to make a specific TikTok for a while, but it takes a lot of time and energy, you know, because I can't just like talk to the camera like TikTok is supposed to be easy for. I gotta like do some editing or some shit. If I had time to edit things, you wouldn't be waiting so long for me to release the next episode of this darn podcast lately. So sorry about that. But, you know, it's a labor of love and I will never quit. Um, The lesson that we've all learned here today, I think, is just wait long enough and your parents will get back together on their own. So healthy. Or just have some giant scandal. Political scandal will get your parents back together. Political scandal brings people together. Or kick your brother out the door, and that's all we needed to do. Yeah, it was Stephen's fault all along. (laughs) (laughs) See you next time. That last episode was so much fun. And my my dad <laughs> listened really to fun. it and he was like, Aww. it was great. It was so much fun. I was going to ask him how so it sounded. How we I think did. that book was fun. This yeah. book isn't as much fun. Oh, I thought this book was more fun. No, I liked it more. Don't get me wrong. I liked yeah. it. I liked the book, but yeah. I, it wasn't as like goofy. It's less of like it a wasn't wild as ride. Goofy. Yeah. It's less of a wild ride.
This is more, to me, this felt like more. Did you just snore? Yes. I just love she said that it's less of a wild ride. <laughs> but this felt more like what I'm used to from a Sweet Valley High book with all the, like, intrigue. Yes. And the setups yeah. and the schemes. Yes, I have to say, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. 